Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles everywhere, to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro at the Novacare Complex. As we get to the end of this month of February, we turn the pages and we get close to the free agency, things are going to heat up very quickly with the NFL Combine, with free agency, then the draft, and oh boy, then the Eagles back on the football field. So in this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast, we thought it would be fun to let you get to know the players a little bit off the field. And there's a couple of great stories that we had to highlight, and um, we're going to do so here. Uh, Number one, former Eagles long snapper John Dornbos, if you haven't heard, leads an incredible life, and... His life was really impacted in January quite by accident. We all have known John to be the magic man. Well, now we know John Dornboss as a hero. We'll hear that story in just a bit. Eagles running back Boston Scott. He's a baller. He's a gamer. And now he's an e-sports gamer. The first NFL player to join an esports franchise. He talks about that in just a bit. First, Eagles safety Anthony Harris. Okay, uh, he could not be more of a professional. Had a fine, fine, fine 2001 season. Signed with the Eagles after playing with Minnesota. In the offseason, he's done something that, well, he reached out to the fans. You know, I, I know that social media can be well, depending on the player, a very positive thing or a a negative thing. In the case of Anthony Harris, a very positive thing. The story is this. During the year, Harris posted a picture on Instagram of custom-made cleats that honored his late grandfather, who passed away due to COVID-19 complications. A family that had been following Harris since his days as a Viking reached out to Harris on social media and posted their condolences. Well, um, that same family later asked Harris in December if he would be willing to attend a church dance with their 11-year-old daughter. This young girl, Audrey, she, in 2021, her grandfather passed away, her father passed away, so the mother reached out to Harris. Would you attend a daddy daughter dance let's hear the story now from anthony harris who in this world we need good guys we need people who care about people anthony harris is at the top of the list anthony i i came across the story of you with a young middle school girl at a dance and i just my heart was so warmed um I'd love you to tell me the story, how it all happened, and uh, then I want to get into details about what you are like at a middle school dance. Yeah, um, so uh, the family, uh, they've been following my career since uh, I was in Minnesota. Um, and you know, back when COVID first uh, started, um, during the season, I ended up losing, um, kind of like my grandfather, uh, to COVID. And um, I ended up creating some cleats um, in memory of him. 
and I posted them on my social media as a photo of me with me walking in um, with them before the game and kind of just made that post in honor to him. And I received a message um, from Holly, uh, just sending prayer, thoughts and prayers, and essentially just sending condolences, um, you know, for my loss. And that really kind of caught my eye. Um, just that, you know, you get a lot of different messages on social media and a lot of people, you know, expressing, you know, their following for you and what you do as a player. But I thought that that was a big gesture um, that she did that. So from there on, uh, they just kind of followed my career. And then even to Philadelphia, um, as Minnesota fans, they just continue to be fans of me and, and support the team. So this past year, uh Audrey lost her father and grandfather to COVID. And, um, you know, her mother asked, you know, if I could just send out some prayers for them as they were just kind of going through a tough time. So I kind of just did that, you know, sent out some prayers, said hope all is well, and, and you know, just kind of checked in here and there as they went through that process. And then I believe it was December or so, um, she asked uh, if there was an opportunity. She thought it would be a long shot, but it, that I'll be interested in, um, you know, take her to the daddy-daughter dance. And I essentially expressed that, you know, I'd be in, definitely interested and open to it. Um, with the date that she gave me, I wasn't sure if I'd be able to make it. You know, I just told her, you know, we, we look like we're doing some good things and hopefully we make this long playoff run. Um, so after we were eliminated, um, you know, I kind of fully committed and told her I'd be able to make it. And that was kind of how it all just started going from there. Absolutely incredible. Um, I want to get into you know your relationship with fans and why you think that's important in just a minute. But tell me about you know what did you wear, where did you pick her up? Did, I mean, how fancy did you make it? Kind of like was it a throwback to your prom days? <laughs> it felt it felt <laughs> like it honestly. It felt like it. Um, so I went in. Uh, I went into my closet, you know, I'm thinking about what I'm going to wear. Um, then I'm thinking about, you know, what she's going to wear. So I'm like, you know, I want to make it as special as possible for her. So um, through my foundation, um, you know, we were able to set up something and, you know, get her a dress, um, have her be able to do hair and makeup and things of that sort to get ready to go. And, and we wanted to, you know, create that, you know, special feel and that prom feel um, for it. So, you know, I picked out a suit, matched, felt like it would match, kind of simple. Um, booked my flight, set up driving arrangements and everything, and, and I was off. I was on my way. So um, went up, met with the family. Um, you know, Audrey, she was surprised. Uh, got to meet her brother. Got to actually meet the family for the first time. And, you know, it was just communication via social media. So it was a little bit, you know, unsure because I, I had never met met them before. Uh, there was really no uh, communication as far as even talking and hear each other's voice. So um, got there, you know, kind of tried to break the ice and just, you know, introduce myself, um, you know, make, my scenes, make myself seem as normal as possible, which, you know, I feel like I'm human just like, the, you know, like they are. But um, I understand, you know, what I do from a football standpoint and stuff like that, and my platform can be a little intimidating. So I tried to, you just, you know, make it, make it a smooth transition, ask her how, how her day was going, ask her was she excited, uh, you know, who was going to be there and things of that sort. And, and then we got on our way. Um, the event was hosted at their church. Um, so it wasn't a school event. It, it was their church's event. 
Um, and we went in. They had, you know, sign-in table. There was other young ladies there with their fathers with a ton of dresses and things of that sort. But, you know, I found myself a little bit nervous. It was like meeting a prom date that you never met before. Um, but it, but all to say that it, it was smooth. Um, we had a ton of fun. Uh, we just tried to enjoy the moment. The story was brought to my attention by my future mother-in-law. She actually called you a hero. I mean, it's really touched a lot of people. Do you feel, did you feel like a hero, Anthony? Like, what did it make you feel like? Um, no, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say it made me, I wouldn't say I felt like a hero or anything like that. Um, I actually felt, I actually, I actually felt privileged to be able to, um, be in that position, like to, you know, to have that power of, you know, being able to brighten somebody's day, um, with a gesture like that, I think is, is very powerful. So, um, me just being there, I mean, it, it was an honor to just utilize, um, a bit of my platform, um, a little bit of what I do and just who I am as a person to, you know, try to shine a bright spot on a moment that was, you know, seeming kind of dark for someone was, was really, it was a really special feeling to me that, and then seeing, I don't have any kids, but seeing the other fathers there, um, and just seeing a look in the, in the young lady's eyes that was there, um, and just how special that was, um, I definitely cherish that, and it definitely made me, you know, realize what I was doing for that young lady and just how powerful that, you know, me being there just could be for her. Was she just smiling ear to ear the entire night? <laughs> yeah, um, I think in the beginning she was a little bit, she was a little bit nervous, um, and I just tried to, you know, share some of my experiences, um, you know, um, with being there and the camera there uh, to grab some photos. And, and just the people around, you know, wondering, hey, who who's this guy with you? And he plays in the NFL. Just just trying to let her see, like, hey, you know, the cameras are there. After a while, it's just about, you know, just being yourself um, and just enjoying yourself and, and letting everything just, just come. So we had a good time. She, she showed me a few dances. Uh, she showed off her singing. There were a ton of Disney songs that I had no clue because I don't watch much Disney. Like I said, I don't have any kids. But um, I think those were the nervous moments for me. I'm like, there's a room full of kids and parents, and they all know these Disney songs, and here I am. I don't know any of them or, or not many of them. Um, that was kind of my, you know, like little shy moment. But, you know, she she sang along, and her and some of her friends showed me a few dances as well as some of the other fathers there, and everybody just had a good time. I think it's cool. That's the equalizer. You are just another human being, and and they actually made you feel a little a little nervous, as nervous as she was, <laughs> right? I think that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, pretty, it was a pretty cool cool experience. It, Anthony, it really illustrates the power of social media, and I know that a lot of things that players and people here on social media aren't exactly kind. Um, how kind of gratifying is it that and just you know, you feel good about humankind that a family would follow you like that no matter where you played and that they were that they wanted to reach out to you and extend their best wishes to you. Yeah, um I mean it meant, it meant a lot. Uh, you know, I think uh as we've seen over the years, um social media is, you know, it's a large space. Um that can be a ton of positivity on there but we also know that can be a ton of negativity. So, um, 
you know, I usually don't pay a ton, you know, with what's going on in my comments and, and different things like that. And I try not to, you know, um, spend too much of my energy or, or focus or time surrounded by things that aren't positive. Um, so to, you know, get that gesture and just for a moment, you know, I posted that picture with my cleats on game day and, um, you know, for somebody to, you know, just acknowledge for a second that at the end of the day, these are, these are people, um, they have families, uh, they have emotions. Uh, we're, we're all going through a pandemic with COVID, um, as well as other battles around the world. And, uh, for a second, you know, maybe this person could use a little bit of, uh, you know, just acknowledgement of, we understand that could be, um, something going on outside of football right now, but, you know, you're putting on your helmet and uh, you're putting on your shoulder pads and you're turning your focus um, and expressing yourself through football today. Um, and I think that that gesture was, it was big. Um, so I just really just wanted to, you know, pay that, pay that back. Um, I really wanted to maximize, you know, the, the platform that I've been blessed with and use it to help inspire others. Um, I just feel like that's a very powerful thing. And, Along my way, I've had a lot of people, um, not all familiar faces, but sometimes even strangers, you know, make kind gestures um, that made an impact and difference in my life. So I just felt uh, me doing that is, is the least I could do to, you know, pay it back. I think that's just amazing. How's the rest of your offseason going? What, where are you? What, what, what do you do? And what do you think happens moving forward for you? Um, the, the rest of the off season has been, has been pretty good. Um, you know, I was able to, to get into some warm weather, um, take some time to kind of relax. Currently right now I'm down in Virginia. Um, my nephew has senior night coming up. So I think it's important to, you know, share, share time and share some love with the people that you, you love and besides you the entire time. So I'm here now with my family spending some time, but this off season just looks like, continuing to try to grow and improve in every aspect. Um, you know, that's on the field, off the field, continuing trying to show people who I am, uh, not only as a player, but as a person as well, while also, you know, just focusing on um, improving on the field as well. No doubt, man. You changed the, change the family's life. I mean, is there anything better than that, really? Like, at the end of the day, is there anything better than that? No, um, you know, I take I take great pride in, you know, what I do on the field and the things that I could be able to accomplish. Um, but, you know, I also know that, you know, from an athletic standpoint, um, there's always going to be a, another group of talented people that come up, talented players that come along and some of the things you accomplish as far as records and accolades, at some point they'll, they'll be surpassed. But to be able to make an impact in a person's life that a you know, that I think may be something that they remember forever is, um, is awesome. Amazing. Anthony, thank you so much for your time. Love this story. And, uh, I'll see you soon. It's an overcare complex. That is an incredible story. So Anthony Harris, God bless you. You're a great, great guy. We move on to our next story off the field. Boston Scott Eagles running back has joined a North American esports organization. They signed Boston as a substitute player and content creator for its Rocket League team. 
He's also expected to star in future content series, in a content series documenting the start of his esports career. Of course, for Boston, the emphasis is on playing football, but now he's a professional esports player and content creator. That's just not really my world. But for Boston Scott, for that generation, it certainly is an important part of things. So let's hear it from Boston Scott, now looking to be the best esports player in the world, in addition to being the best football player in the world and winning a Super Bowl. Boston, uh, you're an esports player. Um, look, that's your generation, not mine. Can, can you explain what that means? When I, when I hear esports in football, I feel like you guys are all in the locker room trying to beat each other. Exactly what does this mean? <laughs> yeah, so um, I was able to ink a deal with Dignitas, um, which is an esports organization that is actually based in North America. Um, so I've been playing this video game called Rocket League. Uh, I mean, I honestly, it's just always been like a little hobby, a little pastime of mine. Uh, video games is actually been a part of my life since I was a little kid. Um, didn't really expect for it to become something like this, but um, I'm just going to be uh, involved with the esports organization when they travel to uh, an event. They do in-person events where the Rocket League team is able to compete um, in the championship series. So I'll just be involved with that. They have me as a sub um you know, which means basically, uh, if if one of them were, uh, you know, were to go down, or if their internet was to go out, or whatever it may be, then uh, I could potentially, you know, I don't know if necessarily I would I'll be playing in a championship series, but uh, it's just you know a little more involvement in bridging the gap between uh, sports, esports, and uh, uh, traditional sports. What can you explain? Can you explain what the game is? So Rocket League is basically the con. There's there's different things that you can relate it to. Some people say it's like hockey. I I look at it as more of a a soccer-based game. So basically, you're controlling a car, and the purpose of the game is to score score goals. So basically, the concept is like soccer. You have, you know, three-man teams, and you guys pass the ball around. You shoot, and so basically, if you wanted to conceptualize it, just think of a soccer game but you're using cars. That's basically the best way to explain it. Well, are, are you great at the game? I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they have, uh, obviously, you know, they have the guys that are competing on the championship level uh, and their, their skill and the amount of hours they've put into the game. is just absolutely, it, it's incredible, honestly. And I, I'm not quite there as far as how many hours I've been able to put into the, into the game uh, as far as my job and my occupation is concerned, you know. But based on the hours that I have put into the game, you know, and where I'm at as far as ranking, is, I guess it's a pretty, it's a pretty big deal. Uh, and Dignitas saw that. And so, you know, they're, they're wanting to get me coached up. They're wanting to teach me things. I'm, I'm pretty raw. Like, I'm, I'm you know, I, there are a lot of things that I don't understand. There are a lot of things that I um, – haven't necessarily been exposed to, but they saw that where I'm at ranking wise, um, they thought it was pretty cool. And so, 
um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to, you know, be able to work with the team and be able to work with the organization. Great, great people. Uh, but yeah, your boy, your boy's kind of nice. Your boy's kind of nice. Okay. So, so where are you ranked? Like, is it a world ranking, a country ranking, a regional ranking? So your, your rank, uh, is based on, so you have, you do have a global ranking, but you all, it, it, it's broken down by region. So, um, Globally, the ranking system is is universal, so it's like um, across all regions. And I'm I'm ranked right now the highest. Um, I'm at Grand Champion Two, which is the top. At first, it, I was just Grand Champion One, which is point 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 uh, five two or point oh five two or something like that. But now I'm GC two, which is a little bit higher than that. So there's grand champion and the highest, the highest level is, is called SSL or supersonic legend. So I'm at grand champion two. And based on the amount of hours I have in the game, which is a little bit above a thousand, you know, um, yeah, I mean, in comparison to, Others who are at that same rank, it ta- it could take you know, the word on the street is it takes anywhere from three thousand or more to get to the rank that I'm at now. So yeah, but it, it's a it's a ranking system that that's universal. It, it's a global ranking system, and I'm I'm at Grand Champion Two, which is two down from the highest rank uh, in in the game. And, and I know that, you know, your offseason is about becoming a better football player and you're putting a lot of time into that. Correct. Is, the, is Correct. another part of it you want to become, you know, a grand champion? And, and how much time are you putting into improving your, your eSports game? Right. I think, you know, I think it's uh, a big part of this whole deal becoming the thing was uh, Dignitas' understanding of, you know, my number one priority, which is football. And like you said, becoming a better football player. So that that always comes first. You know, there's nothing that trumps that uh, as far as, you know, what, what I'm committed to and what I'm dedicated to. Um, but, you know, obviously whatever, whatever I put my mind to, I'm, I'm trying to become, become great at it. You know what I mean? So uh, they know that football comes first, but, you know, I, I believe that with, you know, being involved with them and then getting coached and all that kind of stuff. I think that, you know, I could, I could eventually become, become uh, better at the game, but they know that number one, my number one priority is football. And that's, that's what I'm going to be focused on. That's what I'm going to be committed to. uh, And then everything else comes after. Boston, do the top players make money in this sport? Is it a sport? First of all, do you believe it's Correct. a sport? Do you believe these guys are athletes and you make money? Yes, absolutely. If you look at esports as a whole, uh, you can kind of see it's been trending upwards as far as popularity, as far as exposure, and then with that uh, resources, you know. So the prize pool for this year, uh, the championship series is going to be around $6 million. And mind you, Rocket League is actually not considered one of the top esports. You know, you have Call of Duty, you have halo you have league of legends you have Val- you have all these different other games that i mean the prize pool and the money is just absolutely absurd so you could do you know there's definitely uh the numbers and statistics out there but it's been trending upward and i saw it as a great opportunity like i said my one of my uh pastimes and one of my favorite things to do is play video games and um yeah i mean i, I just think that as we're kind of transitioning into this digital age of 
you know, NFTs and cryptocurrency and, and all these types of things. I just think that, you know, I think it's a great opportunity, uh, one, to, you know, be involved in the community like I've always wanted to be. Um, but also I think that there's really some, you know, there's really some relevance there as far as, you know, the merging of traditional sports and esports and partnerships and, and uh, collaborations. You see, like, Faze Clan has collaborated with the NFL, you know, for uh, they're doing like a flag football type thing. And they have the fan control football that's going on that that kind of bridges the gap between gaming and traditional sports. So I really think that, you know, that there's a great opportunity there. And so I'm just looking to bring more exposure to, you know, Rocket League, which is such a simple game. It's, it's easy to watch. It's easy to understand, you know, and I think that the skill level is continuing to evolve. And I, and I honestly see, you know, it being, you know, I, I've seen it at times, you know, be showed on TV, on ESPN and, and things like that. But I definitely think that Rocket League specifically is a unique type of game. It's easy to understand and uh, people can definitely get behind it. It's just a matter of exposure and uh, getting it out there more. It, it sounds really out, like I'm old. I don't really get it. But I guess, answer, the, answer the question. This is the question. Is an esports player an athlete? Yes, I believe so. So if you think about it, if you're able to become a pro at anything, it's, it's one that, okay, yeah, video games kind of has this stigma of all, uh, you know, all oh, they play video games, you know, there's not really much to it, but the, the hand-eye coordination, the fine motor skill that goes into uh, being able to understand a game like specifically like any game honestly but being able to understand a game specifically like rocket league where physics comes into play being able to track a ball and be able to be able to be coordinated enough to read the ball the trajectory of the ball all that kind of like that that stuff is hard and to be able to do that at a high level and at a high speed is, is honestly crazy and people just need to watch more of what the pros are able to do and then, you know, go and actually try it for themselves and they'll be able to realize, you know, just how hard, you know, the games are and then being able to compete at a high level uh, is, <laughs> is honestly crazy. So if you ever get a chance, they go look at just championship series, Rocket League and watch what some of the people are able to do, you know, and it's, and you go try it for yourself and then you can make your own, you know, you can make your own analysis based off of that. But, I mean, all people hear is video game, video game. And, like I said, there's always been kind of a, a stigma around that, that it's not, it's not as important, it's not as – but the mental aspect of it is something that we shouldn't, you know, shouldn't underestimate because it takes a lot of – it takes a lot – it takes a pretty special person to be able to play that, you know, at the level that some of these guys are, are playing at. I appreciate that, and I thank you for the invitation. I'm going to just send Eagles fans there. Um, so, because I'm not really, I really don't want to embarrass myself in a video game. I mean, my, my video game experience is like a thousand years ago when I was very good, but it, we weren't making money on that, that's for sure. Um, so, so like on, a, on a normal Wednesday night, could, could an Eagles fan run across you and, and play against you? And if they, if they can, how would they do that? Uh, yeah, so I'm uh, actually in the works now of um, some some opportunities where I'll be able to interact with fans and be able to play with them. Uh, that's something I'm definitely like. One of the things I talk about is like just this idea of like a community, you know, and being able to interact with people based on based on this game, you know. Uh, so I think that 
um, some of the opportunities that I'm stepping into will allow me to do that. But that's definitely something that, you know, I look forward to doing, just being able to, another way to interact with fans, you know, and something that, you know, people, people see us on the field, people see us playing, they're just like, you know, they can watch us, you know what I mean? But they can't necessarily do what we do. This is an, this is kind of an opportunity because it's kind of video games is kind of open for, for everyone. You know what I mean? Like if you have the commitment, if you have like the dedication to, to doing it and playing it, then, you know, anybody, anybody can play. And I feel like that's kind of the beauty of, you know, gaming in general, you know? Well, Boston, I mean, I, I think it's very cool. And, uh, I mean, clearly your goals have changed. Your your goal is to one be a, a world champion football player and also, literally, be a world champion gamer. Am I correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But no, football comes first. Football definitely comes first. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. I'm just, it's just really interesting to me. Like, you're you're right. The stigma is that gamers are slackers, and mm-hmm. that is clearly not the case any longer. I mean, right. It's all about, yeah, bringing, bringing the, bringing the, you know, getting it out there into the, into, you know, the word of just what the type of time that people put into, you know, uh, learning more about the game and getting better at the game. Um, you know, cause I know, I know like when people think about video games, they think about like, it's just a hobby. It's just a pastime. It's just something that you do, you know, to have fun. And that's, that is the case. I'm sure everybody that plays it at a professional level is still having fun with the game, but you know, there is, there is some credibility that goes with that as well. Cause it's not, it's not easy to, to become a pro at anything, you know? So um, I definitely think that, you know, being able to kind of dismantle that, that idea of, you know, gamers being this or gamers being that uh, is important. Cause I think it's really, like I said, I think it's a, it's a cool opportunity for um, ultimately people to connect and uh, to create community uh, for people that aren't just uh, involved in traditional sports. So Eagles fans, make sure you reach out. And if you can find Boston Scott, challenge him to a game because he's a professional gamer. All right, we go from those stories to a, a really remarkable story. Uh, John Dornbos, we've known him, former Eagle, former Pro Bowl Eagle. Um, America's Got Talent, the Magic Man. We know everything about John Dornbos. Well, what we know now is that he's a hero. And one night in January, he and his wife went shopping at Trader Joe's. They went out for a drink. They wanted to have a good time in Huntington Beach, California. And then everything changed. What would you do when confronted with a true emergency? How would you respond? Here is a truly amazing story from the magic man and a hero, former Eagle, John Dornbos. Well, John Dornbos, you you never cease to amaze. And uh, you are in the news lately not for your football prowess, not for your magic, um, but for your sense of timing and your humanity. Could you please tell me the story in your words? It's such an amazing story, and you're a hero. You know, it it was one of those things where so many things happened that we should not have been there. And, uh, you know, my wife and I were both tired. Uh, My wife's back was hurting. Um, But we ended up getting a babysitter. And so we said, hey, let's go to the grocery store. Let's run some errands. Well, we got some help. So we went there. We, we did that. 
And then my wife said, hey, look, we got a babysitter. You know, her, her thing is let's go do adult things, right? So let's go sit on a patio, have a glass of wine. And so a few doors down from Trader Joe's, we ended up doing that. And I said, if the table outside is open because there was nobody outside, then we'll do it. And I'll bring the groceries to the car. So we went and sat. The patio was open. I took five bags of groceries, probably 50, 50, 60 yards away to my truck, uh, put them away. And I just happened to see this big blue blanket. And I know this, if my wife is warm on a patio, we stay outside. If my wife gets cold, we go inside. And I didn't want to go inside, so I grabbed the blanket for her. And uh, as we're sitting there, uh, a few doors down, a family sat down and a waitress came out uh, to take their order. And we heard the most intense scream I've ever heard. And so we thought it was a fight or somebody had a gun. And so, you know, we stood up to make sure that we were safe and just to kind of see what was going on. And apparently the waitress's apron had caught on fire from a tiny box heater that they put on the ground to keep the, the, uh, the customers warm. And I would say in the matter of two or three seconds, we saw it go from the apron on fire to her completely engulfed in flames. And, and your first thought is what, John? Um, you know, you, you take a second to process, and then I just I grabbed my wife's blanket and just ran over in that area. You know, because since quarantine, think about it, all the tablecloths, all that stuff's gone. So there was nothing there to, to put the fire out. Uh, and this woman ended up running away from the restaurant in just a panic, and she was spinning around and running. And, you know, you assess the situation. I, I'm so thankful for all the years I got to play in the NFL just to kind of process what's going on, to kind of your body speeds up, your mind slows down, and then after it's all said and done, you can go back and say, what could we have done differently? If this ever happens to us, what would we do differently and, you know, when you run and spin, all you're doing is throwing oxygen in the fire. And so the fire got bigger and bigger. And when her hands would go in the air, the flames were over her head. Um, so I grabbed the blanket. Uh, I ran probably 30, 40 feet, maybe 50 feet, two doors down as she was running away. Um, I took my jacket off and kind of got it over her face because her face hadn't caught on fire yet. And then I took the blanket and tried to pat it down. And, and literally, I was just acting like what you see in the movies. Um, and that wasn't working. And then I finally got the blanket around her, took her to the ground and just kind of smothered it out. Um, you know, and, th and then the reality sets in, right? So she then rolls over and kind of rolls out of the blanket and she had no clothes on, on the whole backside. So her shoes were melted off, all her leggings, her pants, the back of her, uh, her shirt. And, uh, it was definitely a sight that, that I'll never forget. Um, she's undergone over 22 hours of surgery. Uh, it looks like she'll be in the hospital another month. Third-degree burns all in the back of her legs, uh, her butt, her lower back. And, uh, you know, it was uh, it was super intense, and I'm just so happy that we were there. I'm, I'm so happy that I had that blanket. I'm so happy that, look, what happened happened, and the fire didn't get to her face, so she, her face is great. Uh, you can follow them on Veggielicious US on Instagram, V-E-G-I-L-I-C-I-O-U-S-U-S. -S uh, and they post pictures of, of her recovery. Some of them are really graphic. Uh, I'll just warn you. Um, they have a GoFundMe on that Instagram. And so, uh, you know, the interviews came out and, and the manager of Trader Joe's ended up recognizing me. They did an interview. She kind of, she said, hey, John Dornboss did it. They kind of tracked me down. And then that's why we did the interviews. Um, but that said, you know, I, f I feel a responsibility to try and help. I, I got a lot of friends that have been very generous uh, with these people. It's a Japanese couple. They don't speak a lot of English. Uh, we have not eaten at that restaurant, but the people that were coming out, uh, you know, neighbors from across the street said they're the nicest people in the world. It's a mom and pop. You go to their website, it says we, ser we serve our food with energy and love, 
we saw, we're sorry if you have to wait, but it's just us two. But we promise you it's worth it. So, you know, they're the American dream. And, and now they got a little setback, and uh, it's a big one. So uh, that's, that's why I'm here, just trying to help them. Yeah, I mean, John, like, in so many ways, it's incredible. Um, in, the, in the days and weeks that have passed here, have you kind of replayed it in your mind? I mean, I guess, number one, you're courageous for running up to her and risking your own life. Number two, I don't think I would know how to wrap somebody properly. Like, you learn that from watching TV? You know what? I, I, uh, I've said this before, that when I snapped in the NFL, I, I was like Matt Damon in the born identity. And I was just like, I would act like I was a great long snapper. And you just go act like it, right? Um, that was a scenario that it was like Adam Sandler and beat Chuck and Larry. And, like, they're firemen. And, like, you know, you hear when you're a kid, stop, drop, and roll. And, um uh, it was just one of those things that when the moment happened, just all that stuff played back in my brain and you just, you know, you get them to the ground and you smother the, the, the fire with a blanket. And really that was the only thing we had besides a few cups of water and maybe a napkin. Um, I would say she was probably, and, and I wish there was security footage just to like replay it. But like, I would say she was on fire for probably 20, 25 seconds, oh my 30 seconds. Oh. That's a long time, 25, you know, 25 seconds. So um, a fire extinguisher, the, the restaurant we were eating, the owner came out, saw what was going on, you know, and then he ran 75, 80 feet to go get a fire extinguisher in the kitchen to then run 80 feet back to get outside to go around his patio to get to us. You know, that's 45 seconds, right? So um, we got the fire out. Fire extinguisher showed up probably 20 seconds, 30 seconds after I got the fire out. But if you think about that, had we not had the blanket, had we not acted, then she's on fire for probably a minute. And, you know, from what I've read, you know, 30 seconds to a minute, and, and it's it's not good. Usually you don't make it. And so um, I think we were just in time. And, you know, the other thing that you think of looking back, you know, I've, I've pretty much cried the first eight, nine, ten days. At, at a point in time during the day, you just stop, and my wife and I would look at each other, and you just tear up and, you know, you think about, oh, my gosh, what if Amaya was sitting there, my daughter, and she had a blanket next to that heater, and that blanket just went up in flames? Like, what if what if you caught on fire and I wasn't there? You just hope that somebody looks at, at that individual and says, hey, there's there's a mother, there's a wife, there's a sister, there's a friend, and they're in a really bad shape. I got to help. It's just it, it, there's no, no other option. And so, you know, what I learned is if there's a box heater on the ground at a restaurant and you're cold – go ahead and push that thing a little bit further away and uh deal with it <laughs> yeah uh, john last i looked on the gofundme page the numbers were really encouraging it was up well over one hundred thousand dollars i know the goal was is over one million dollars so eagles fans we really urge everyone to support john and his courageousness and um and let's let's make sure that this woman uh, comes out of this as whole as she can possibly be yeah spuds and if i could add one more thing you know, sometimes, you know, everybody gets hit up for money all the time, right? And, uh, you know, I, I scrolled through that. And there's some donations that are literally a few dollars, two, three dollars, four dollars, five bucks. Uh, anything helps when the masses get involved. So uh, I know they have insurance. It covers a little bit, um, but it doesn't cover nearly everything. I know she's going to be in the hospital probably a month and a half, two months. Um, and, that, you know, that's 16, 17 grand a day. Um, and then they're a mom and pop. So if they don't work, they don't eat. And so uh, I appreciate you, Eagles fans. I always have appreciated you. I love you. You guys have always supported what I do. 
Um, if you don't feel comfortable donating, that's fine too. Just tell the story to somebody and, and just share the, the knowledge, go over the situation. If this were to happen to us, how would we act? What would we do if our kid caught on fire? You know, all these things are, are learning moments in life that we can help someone and educate ourselves to hopefully never have this happen again. John, I think, uh, again, just a courageous moment. Uh, I'm going to bring a little bit of a humorous side to this, not intending at all to um, make light of the situation, but you said you sprinted 30 yards. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you still have the bird. 30 steps. Uh, Congratulations. Well, let, let, don't get too excited. I was really sore the next day, and uh, I figured uh-huh. out that's what it was from because I definitely haven't uh, traveled that far that fast in years, and a lot of people might even argue my entire career. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're, we're breaking records left and right over here, Spuds. Yeah. And you're, and you're saving lives, John. Uh, thanks for your time. And, um, I look forward to seeing you again soon here. Uh, hopefully we'll see you back in Philly real soon. Yeah. And, and Hey, whether you air this part or not, this is unsolicited. You're one of my favorite people, Spuds. I love working with you every day. I love what you do. And, uh, thank you for, for, for your time. By the way, that GoFundMe page uh, it is a special one, okay? It is a special one. Help Anna walk again. Uh, so go go to GoFundMe, um, and you can find out. There's almost $200,000 raised. Again, the name that you want to look for here, and it's a very special person, as you heard John respond, um, you, you just like, look it up, okay? Because it is just... Any, as John said, any little bit that you can help will be so beneficial to Anna, A-N-A, and the last name is Nakoa, N-A-K-O-A. Help her walk. Fundraiser for, it's actually in, um, in that GoFundMe area, it's fundraiser for Akira Nakoa. So, Help Anna walk again from severe burns on her legs. Every little bit helps. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. I want to thank you for joining me on this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. We've got the Combine coming. We've got free agency coming. We've got the NFL Draft. It's all right ahead of us in what is going to be an epic offseason for the Philadelphia Eagles. I want to thank Peter Kelly, Julie McLaughlin, Ray Doyle for their work on this podcast, and thank all of you for joining each and every episode. If you have a moment to give us a review, we include a link in the details section of your podcast library. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Once again, thanks so much for joining, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly, and go Birds! E-A-T-L-E-S